mission of the church is first to fulfill the word of God, second to proclaim the mystery of the indwelling Christ, and third to preach a universal gospel. Welcome to Kingdom Living, a broadcast ministry of author and speaker Shanti Young, senior pastor of Second Liberty Baptist Church in Quentin, Virginia. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Young. church and its mission. A church does not choose its mission any more than an aide chooses what task he will perform for the general or herald chooses what message he will deliver in the name of a king. A mission suggests orders and whenever people are sent on a mission or assigned a task to perform they have received directions from a higher authority. Furthermore, those who are uh, sent to fulfill a mission are not at liberty to change the orders or to rearrange the assignment at will. God has chosen to carry out his plan and purpose on earth through the agency of the church, and no other plan is set forth or even mentioned in the Bible. And so this morning, I want us to consider the mission of the church. The words of our text here today, especially in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 25 through 29, comprises Paul's submission from God in his own words. The essence of God's commission to Paul is identical with the mission that has been assigned to the church. Therefore, we will discover that the mission of the church is first to fulfill the word of God. Second, to proclaim the mystery of the indwelling Christ. And third, to preach a universal gospel. I'll give those points to you one more time. The first thing is to fulfill the word of God. The second thing is to proclaim the mystery of the indwelling Christ. And third, to preach a universal gospel. Colossians 1 and 25 says, to make the word of God fully known. How is the church able to do this? The first chapter of Colossians shows us three ways that we are able to fulfill the word of God. The church must exalt Christ. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, which is the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This is one of the most magnificent statements in the Bible concerning the position of our Lord Jesus Christ in regard to his pre-incarnate glory. And it also establishes him as the head of the church. Paul said that Jesus Christ was one with the Father before anything was made. And not only so, after everything was created, he became the one in whom everything holds together. And that is our springboard. That is the way in which the church makes the word of God fully known. We make the, the word of God fully known by exalting the incomparable Jesus Christ as our Lord of Lord and King of Kings. But the church must recognize its role as a co-laborer with God in the ministry reconciliation. It is a ministry of, of bringing people into an understanding of the importance of being in a right relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Colossians 
1, 20 and 22 says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. Sin has messed this world up. And what happened when people sinned, the most tragic fragmentation the world has ever known came about because of sin. When Adam and Eve succumbed to Satan in the Garden of Eden, there was a moral explosion, if you will. Immediately, God, who had rested from creative work on the seventh day, he had to begin a new work, which is the work of redemption the end result of which was reconciliation or the bringing back to himself of that which had been separated from him, us. Then to further compound the mystery of God's sovereign grace, God made another decision in regard to this business, if you will, of reconciliation. He decided to use the church. Second Corinthians 5 and 18, Paul said, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God was saying to the church, this is a vital part of the mission that we have here on earth. You are to be co-laborers with me in the ministry of bringing sinners face to face with their sins and with my saving grace. We have a great duty and responsibility as the people of God. We have a great duty and responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to help people to come face to face with their sin, but also with the saving grace of God. The church must consistently encourage growth and stability among its own. Colossians 1 and 23, it says, provided that uh, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been preached to every creature under heaven, and of which I Paul became a minister or a servant. So what was Paul saying here? When a person is born into the family of God, the church's task is to teach and establish the new Christian in the faith. Sometimes Young Christians get off on doctrinal tangents because of the church is not consistent in providing the proper spiritual diet. Therefore, the church that makes the word of God fully known through its teaching and its pastoral ministry sees that its people grow in the grace of our Lord. It sees them become established in the faith. I believe in this day and time that the church has in some ways strayed away from the word of God. One of the things I believe that's happened in the church is that we get caught up in being inspired and not focused on discipleship. We've all probably found ourselves guilty of that. There's a time and a place for inspiration. However, it is imperative that we ensure the word of God is being preached and taught. As I say a lot, Christian education is the lifeblood of the church. We can come here on Sunday mornings and receive the word of God, but we also have to study individually. We also have to study corporately. 
which the settings of Sunday school and Bible study gives us that opportunity. We have to focus more on our Christian education. It is not just to obtain knowledge, but it's for us to live our lives according to God's word. We are not studying privately and corporately, or we are doing ourselves a disservice. We are handicapping ourselves from better understanding the power God has given us through Jesus Christ. It's an awesome young couple who uh, wrote a devotional, and in the devotional they talked about from milk to meat and how God gives us his word in a simple way, but as time goes on, we should be able to mature in our faith, and we should move from the milk of the faith to the spiritual meat. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, it says, And our brother was not able to speak to you as those who are spiritual, but as those who are carnal, even as to babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not meat, for you were not yet able to receive spiritual meat, and neither are you able now, for you are still carnal. For since envy and contention and division are among you, are you not carnal? The body of Christ gets itself in trouble because there are times where we are not doing what is necessary to grow spiritually. We have to do all that we can to mature in our faith. So the first part of the mission of the church is to fulfill the word of God. Another aspect of the mission of the church is to proclaim the ministry of the indwelling Christ. Paul says in Colossians 1, 26 to 27, he says, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now made manifest to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The ministry of Christ indwelling the believer was clouded in ages past. Through the prophets and through Old Testament symbols and sacrifices and types, God prepared the people for his grand and magnificent that he would one day come to live within his people in the perfect person of his son. That's why the angel said that you should name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christ indwells every believer so that they increasingly reflect his character, his conduct, his attitude, and actions as they use God's word to deal with life and become more mature. Hebrews 5 and 11, starting in verse 11, it says, we have much to say about this. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. It goes on in verse 12. It says, in fact, though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need to be someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Again, talking about from milk to meat. Verse 13 says, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not uh, acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from 
evil. We as the people of God, we as the body of Christ, have a responsibility to mature in our faith. And we're able to do that when we study God's word, live out God's word, when we allow the Holy Spirit to have rulership and reign over every aspect of our life. That's what kingdom discipleship is all about. Mystery of Christ is dwelling in us as believers. What is the result? Christ being in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We can say with all joy and assurance that the mystery is now an open revelation to those who will receive it. John 1 14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father. It's good news on today to know that we have Christ dwelling on the inside of us. Knowing that we don't have to live this life on our own, but we have the power of God and of Jesus Christ on the inside. So I believe that Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But we accept that Christ is dwelling on the inside. When we accept that Christ is there to help us to maneuver through this life, it takes the pressure off of us as individuals. Last part of the mission of the church is to preach a universal gospel. We should preach a universal gospel as the church. Colossians 1 and 28, it says, Him we proclaim, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man mature in Christ. The gospel is not to be proclaimed to only a select few or to an elite group. In Paul's powerful sermon on Mars Hill in Athens, over in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, he says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. In other words, the first note of the gospel is a clearing call to repentance. We are called to repent. We are called to turn away from our evil ways. We are called to turn back toward God. We should have a change in our mindset. That is the doorway. For unless we repent of our sin, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. This call to repentance is issued to all people. It is universal in its scope. It is also a warning. The word Paul used translated warning means to put in mind, to admonish. This warning is about the impending danger of losing one's soul. Therefore, the mission of the church is to be faithful in the warning aspect of its message. We must ask ourselves the question, are we warning people of their souls being lost if they do not repent and turn back toward God? But he goes on and he says, teaching every man in all wisdom. This correlates with our Lord's great commission. After we have warned unbelievers of the danger of continuing in their sin, we are to teach them how to find deliverance from sin and guilt and find peace with God. We have a duty and responsibility as Jesus has commissioned us 
to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have instructed you. Church has a great mission that we are to establish here in the earth. It's God's mission for people to turn back towards him. And it's God's mission for us to be kingdom disciples and help others to grow and mature in their faith. So the mission is to fulfill the word of God. The mission is to proclaim the mystery of the indwelling Christ. And it's also to preach a universal gospel. I want to end with this story. There was a young couple who had gotten married and they were on their way home from a honeymoon. There was a tractor trailer who pulled out in front of them. Suddenly the groom he had to swerve to avoid being hit by the tractor trailer. The car went into a tailspin and he crashed. The groom was okay, but his new bride was bleeding profusely. He knew that if he didn't get his new wife to a doctor that she was going to die. So he got out of the car and he saw a sign just a little ways down the road and it said the office of Dr. Rufus Jones, internal medicine. He picked up his beloved wife and he struggled up the hill towards the doctor's home. He began knocking on the door. There was an old man who came to the door and he greeted the groom and the groom said, Dr. Jones. The man said, well, well yes, young man, I am Dr. Jones. Room goes on and he says, my wife is bleeding. She's dying. Please save my wife. Much to the young man's surprise, Dr. Jones says, I'm, I'm sorry, son. I'm not able to help you. You see, I stopped practicing medicine many years ago. I don't have any equipment here. I don't have any medical supplies. I stopped practicing medicine a long time ago. Distraught with frustration and grief, Young man said, Dr. Jones, if you no longer are helping hurting people, then please take down your sign. We are in a world where people are bleeding to death. We tell people to come to church where we offer Dr. Jesus, where we offer the medicine of the Holy Spirit and the healing power of the Word of God. We tell people to come to the hospital, but if we're not going to be the hospital, then we should take down our signs. There's no need in having a sign that says church if we're not going to help you. I'm not specifically talking about Second Liberty Baptist Church. I'm talking about all churches. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We either have to be the real hospital or we have to be willing to take down our signs. Let's not have everyone thinking that we are a hospital and practicing physicians when they show up and they die on our doorstep because we stopped being the church a long time. It's back to church Sunday. So we have to be the church. We have to be the authentic representation of which Christ gave his life for. There's a mission that we have to carry out and it's the mission of God for us to be great kingdom disciples. For us to uh, lay out the clarion call that people need to repent of their sins. But not only that they need to repent, but they should live their life for God. 
because that's what Jesus Christ came to show us how to do. Jesus Christ said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. And again, we're living in a world, we're living in a day and time where there's so much that continues to go on and it seems like it's the last day, but we still have a duty and responsibility to let people know there's time to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. And are we willing to be the church? Are we willing to be the people of God that God has called and expected us to be? Or do we need to take down our side? Say we're out of business. And that's individually and collectively. Church and its mission. We trust that today's message has been inspiring and uplifting. Be sure to tune in next time for more of Kingdom Living 24-7.